You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, Brunning, Bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Thursday. Matt and myself are here, and we are going to be continuing our team preview series. We will finish up the NFC East today as we will be talking about the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Matt, how you doing on this beautiful Thursday? Doing pretty good. It's been uh, nice weather here. Getting ready for uh, my wife's family to come visit over the long weekend. Stocked Very up nice. some good action films and voodoo. So I know uh, it's it's only her mom and her two sisters. So I'm going to be barbecuing for them on Friday, and I'll make them breakfast. But mostly they're going to go shopping and want their their lady time. So that that works out well for me. There you go. Be down reviewing some film with the cat. Sounds like fun. I plan on doing a whole lot of absolutely nothing this weekend. It is, it's time for a break and I I need my vacation to get here soon too. So uh, a couple housekeeping things. I I know I've talked about it a couple times on here. Uh, I will be going on vacation a couple weeks, but we are going to still record. So you guys will still get episode. We won't be doing live stuff uh, that week, the week of the 12th, I think it is June 12th, two weeks. So you guys won't see us live, but Matt, myself, and Dennis will still be recording stuff. We're just going to record it at a different time. We'll still post that stuff So for the podcast. And for those of you who are listening to this on the podcast, you'll still get the the, the breakdowns that will be on that point. I think AFC East stand. Is it both AFC East? Or? No, it's uh, – I just did the thing. I think it's AFC South. Both AFC South, so it'll be June fourteenth and the seventeenth. I think is when you're. So unfortunately, you, when I'm on vacation, you guys will be listening about probably three. No, there's three bad teams, two bad teams in there: Texans and Jags. Indy's still pretty good. Who's the other the one? Great, the great thing is for- knowing knowing our luck. We're going to give our speculation about. Uh, Deshaun Watson and something will happen like the day before we post. Yeah, I know. Well, I will make sure to post as we're recording. Hey, by the way, we recorded, we pre-recorded this. So yeah, because we, we're going to pre-recorded days in advance, everybody. But uh, we also, I've uh, had a couple people reach out to me about a listener league this year. We'll likely still do one. Um, we're in the process of some possible changes here with the podcast. So don't want to talk too much about that yet. Cause nothing's been confirmed a hundred percent. But once all that stuff happens, we will uh, definitely start as we get closer to the season. Uh, Matt ran it last year. So yep. we'll, we'll, and we we'll will have a 12 team redraft. We, uh, we already have one in, 
who won the uh, playoff challenge. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, I forgot about that. So, yeah, we, we'll definitely have one. Uh, probably won't be until July, probably. I think we'll start putting that together, see if we can fill yeah. it up, and then worry about drafting right around then and getting into early August since, was it, second week of September, right? It's the first game this year. So Yeah, so my hope is to start a slow draft by August 15th, if that gives okay, you an so. idea, because that'll give a good three weeks, you know. Yeah. So we'll, we'll probably have and- a clock. Remember who the other person was that sent me a message about that, but there's your answer. If you guys uh, end up listening to this, I don't know if you're watching live, but if you end up listening to this, well, we're shooting for no later than August 15th. So a couple months away, but we'll, we will definitely be doing one and get one in the works. But let's go ahead and talk about the NFC East. Uh, we discussed the giants and the Washington football team on Monday, me, Matt and Dennis went pretty in depth. there. are going to go over a little bit of NFL news here first, and then we'll jump right into the Dallas Cowboys. So the big news, a lot of people possibly freaking out about, uh, in the Lions just continuing to like try and kill the career of, of one of the more promising running backs in the league and Deandre Swift is Todd Gurley is visiting the Lions. Matt, do you think this means anything realistically for Swift? If he signs there? Yeah, I mean, it's, it'll mean something. I think it's worse probably for Jamar Jefferson. Um, you know, because I think I know you've been snatching up a lot of shares in late in drafts. So have I it seemed like a promising sign when they let go of Carry On Johnson. Like, hey, we've cleared. Um, but Gurley probably eats into that, and then Jamal Williams, uh, who they signed to a, a, an off-season contract. You have to figure Swift, the talents, the production. He's going to be the lead back there. I don't really, I don't really understand why they're fishing around for Todd Gurley. I also am not set that he signs there. They said he's been looking at some other places. It, it becomes big news because people are, are worried that, you know, Swift gets held back. Gurley, Gurley probably is more of a, a red zone kind of guy now, uh, based on what we saw last year. He didn't have a lot of bursts or a lot of pop, but he was pretty good at, at getting into the end zone. So that's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, and I, I wish I could remember who said this because I, I as, as funny as I think I am at times, I did not come up with this. I'll fully admit this on my own. But uh, uh, I heard that the reason Gurley is signing with uh, the Lions is because of all the Dan Campbell talking about biting people's kneecaps. Maybe Todd Gurley's hoping they can get some out and that he can take them since, you know, his knees are shot. So. Maybe he missed uh, Jared Goff. Yeah, that may be true, too. Yeah, man. he did have his best years with him. So, yeah, I, I'm not – Worried about. I mean, if anything, I'm more it's worried about Anthony Gurley's Lynn. Still only 26, though. I know, I know, it is. Uh, I uh, for Swift, I'm more worried about Anthony Lynn than anybody else, and uh, maybe that'll change. But he's already come out quite a few times and talked about how he thinks Jamal Williams is like the perfect three down back. And I'm like, bro, have you like looked at anything DeAndre Swift's done? You like, you think Jamal Williams is okay? Like now, yeah. I'm really starting so- to. Be ha- now I'm really starting to be happy that the Chargers fired you because uh, I, I thought good things maybe were coming for you and Justin Herbert. Well, that's probably – I mean, we saw Williams. Uh, I wouldn't say he killed Aaron Jones, but certainly was an impediment at times to Aaron Jones maybe maximizing what we thought he could be. Williams is talented. I think he's going to be involved. You don't go make that kind of a signing if you're not going to have them involved. I just don't. Is Todd Gurley like this year's AP? I mean, it's possible. And that would suck for DeAndre Swift owners. I have a few shares of him, and that would just I, I still yeah. don't think it would hurt him much because I, he still has the ability to score in the receiving game. And I think he he's a good enough runner that he can still score in some big plays. But yeah, I mean, if you're say negating even four touchdowns or five uh-huh. touchdowns that Gurley gets and that, that Swift could have gotten, I mean that that changes you from like running back 18 to like running back six possibly in a year, given, given the touchdowns and points. So yeah, it's going to be a little bit frustrating. Like you said, no, no, but no need to freak out yet. Uh, We don't know for sure if he's going to sign there, but he is visiting with the lions. The news that does seem to be happening though, a lot of reports coming out today that a lot of teams have reached out to Atlanta about Julio Jones, including some teams offering a first round pick. Reports are that I believe they said the trade is likely to happen by the end of next week. Is that correct? That I, I think. Yeah. So they had to wait until after June 1st um, 
for salary cap reasons, but it does certainly seem like uh, it's come out now that they had offers during the draft, and the only reason they didn't make the move was because of salary cap ramifications. And that certainly, I think we were some of those that were on the fence about, is Atlanta going to take maybe a future QB? Are they going to take a piece on the offensive line? Taking Kyle Pitts makes a lot more sense if you're, if you're thinking you're going into a season with no Julio Jones. Yeah. So uh, do you have a favorite landing spot that you think he might go to? I mean, I, the biggest one is obviously the Patriots. He's, he came out and said that he wanted to go to the Patriots and the rumors were that the Patriots were trying to trade for him. I don't know if that's a great landing spot. I mean, I do think it'd be an interesting one, but is there a landing spot that you think would be best overall for him or possibly for fantasy? Well, so there's two places that he said uh, he wanted to go. Apparently, he's pretty good friends with A.J. Brown. So it's Tennessee and New England have kind of come out. Somebody floated the idea of the Chargers. That would be interesting because I like Herbert, but I yeah. I don't know exactly how that how that I works. Mean, him opposite of Keenan Allen? I mean, I think Mike Williams mm-hmm. is done. So, I mean, if you could get him – because I think – him and Keenan Allen do things differently too. Like Julio can still be that deep threat and re- both of those guys could be red zone threats with how good they are in the, uh, in the route running. But Keenan Allen I think does most of his damage better in like the short area making those, those quick moves where Julio can burn you deep. I- I'd love that for Justin Herbert. It would make me a, a very happy man if that one happened. It didn't seem like that was a place that Julio Jones seemed that interested in. So you'd have to see, I think that got floated because people like Herbert and they have cap space New England, I get that everybody uh, thinks about going to New England. That's not the greatest quarterback situation. Um, you know, I think we think Mac Jones could end up being a solid guy. Don't know when he's going to take over. Don't know what Cam Newton has left. Last year, Cam Newton wasn't the most impressive passer. Tennessee, though, Tannehill has been top 10 the last couple of years. They've avoided a lot of targets by letting Jonu Smith and um, Corey Davis go. I don't think either of us thought Josh Reynolds is yeah. the answer there. And I think it'd be great for AJ Brown too. The only question is volume. Um, it would be ironic too, to see him go uh, from Arthur Smith's team to the team that Arthur Smith used to coach for. Yeah. What, um, what would also be very interesting. I doubt it happens, but, he has been more aggressive when it comes to trades and free agents than his predecessors. And what better way to fix your marriage with Aaron Rodgers than to bring Julio Jones to Green Bay? Yeah, they the the talk was Atlanta won't won't do the inside the NFC. NFC, well, I guess if you've got multiple suitors, like they say, you can be picky, but. I'd love to see it. Devontae Adams. I just don't believe the Packers GM thinks they have a receiver issue or would be willing to give a first or a second uh, or a player. I mean, that that dude clearly doesn't think a lot of things, if if I'm being honest. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I I tend to side with players more. That would be that Barry McCockiner tweet that that floated out where they sent like a first-round pick and Jordan Love to the – I saw it because I'm in a – I know you'll be shocked. I'm in a Broncos fans Facebook group, and somebody posted the tweet, and they're like, well, I guess we're not getting Rodgers because they're not going to trade him after they traded for Julio Jones and traded Love away. And somebody's like, bro, this is a burner account. Yeah, yeah, that's – yeah. yeah, I wouldn't trust anything that guy says. All right, so Dallas Cowboys, 2020, they finished 6-10 and 10 and in third place. Their key additions, Jeremy Sprinkle at tight end, Keanu Neal at safety, and Brian, is it Angier or Anger? I read it yeah, as I think Anger. Anger. Uh, yeah. The punter, their key losses, Alden Smith, uh, linebacker, went to Seattle. Xavier Woods, the safety, went to Minnesota. And, of course, Andy Dalton goes to Chicago to – I would think likely be the starter. We'll see. At Um, least at the beginning. Yeah. They knocked out their first round draft pick, in my opinion, and Micah Parsons, the linebacker, I thought probably one of the best, if not the best linebacker in the draft. Then they get Kelvin Joseph, the cornerback in the second. Osua, Osa Odigiwazawu, I don't even know, but he's a defensive tackle. I'm going to give it to you. That could definitely be it. Chauncey Golston, the the defensive end in the third, and Nashawn Wright, the cornerback in the third as well. It was a rough season for Mike McCarthy yeah. last year. 
Uh, someone on this podcast has not been a fan of Mike McCarthy for quite a while and said that that was going to happen. Do you think he's able to bounce back with Dallas in 2021? Well, we'll probably get to it with the, the next question, but I think it's having Dak and the offensive line. It is, you know, when they were going over it on NFL radio last week, I, I think we failed to take into account of that. Uh, that probably hampered Dalton quite a bit too. Probably had a little bit to do with Zeke, who was trending down in the years before, but dropped to under 66 yards a game. They they couldn't seem to get that electric offense going. Their defense just simply wasn't good enough. So even in a poor NFC East, they weren't able to make a run. I think with better health and a little bit, they've they've definitely – I've been impressed. You would think old Jerry Jones, where they were in the first round, probably would have been like the Giants and just taken like Kadarius Tony or something at wide receiver. But new Jerry Jones thought, hey, let's trade up and get the best linebacker we can get because our defense was an abomination. Those are all hopeful signs. We've talked about before, if they can stay healthy, it's probably going to come down in the East to the Cowboys offense, which figures to be incredible i mean we'll talk about it in a minute but dak finished as qb 33 only playing i think five games six games i that shows you what kind yeah, of yeah i believe he got pace. hurt in the fifth game like right toward i yeah. think it was right toward halftime in the fifth game so yeah so I, I i screwed up and didn't tag the number of games but to finish qb 33 with playing like a quarter of the season tells you the pace uh, that he was on. And that's QB 33 against everyone who played across all 17 games. That kind of tells you the pace. It's going to be them versus Washington's defense. And so the real question for me is, can is Washington's offense or Dallas's defense going to, to be the, the ultimate victor there? Because Washington's poured into its offense. Dallas has poured into its defense. I think they're going to be better. I think they're going to be in the playoffs. Um Maybe that's my fantasy shares talking. No, I think I picked them when we did our scheduled game to make it in as one of the wild cards. I know I had Washington winning the East, but I'm pretty sure I did have the Cowboys in. You know, I, I jokingly talk about how I just I hate the Cowboys because of me living here and having to listen to Cowboys fans talk about how they're like the best team in the NFL and they haven't won a Super Bowl or I think well they've won one playoff game now but they had yeah. it in like a decade or so so I, I just I'm confused that's like a Browns fan going and talking about well we're really gonna, we're gonna be good this year like well, you know pump the brakes well no they haven't really been year. good and successful since wasn't ninety six was the last time they won the Super Bowl possibly i don't know i i try to avoid them at all. i just like to give people shit about 25 years but uh they you know i i do think that they're improving obviously dak had just i mean i i personally think that he watches the podcast and took it uh very personal when i said that i didn't think he was going to be that good last year because uh he shut me up real quick last year with how good he was playing in, in uh weeks one and two the fact that he's already, I believe they're talking about him being able to come back and practice, I think is good for him. They, they said even at the time, even though it was a very severe injury, that because of the way it happened, it, it meant a better road of recovery for him. So I am rooting for him. I like Dak. I think he's a, a phenomenal quarterback. And with this offense that they have, they've improved their offensive line. You know, can Zeke return a little bit? I think that's going to be huge for this offense. I don't know if they can rely on – so I think what was Dak – he was – obviously on pace again because of the records he was setting in that week five. But I, I would say it's probably fair to say he was going to throw over 500 times last year, possibly yeah. close to 600, like big, big Ben-esque with, with how bad that defense was. I don't know if they can do that again this year. I, I really don't. So I think they're going to have, they're going to have to lean more on Zeke moving forward. We saw that work for them in the past. You know, Zeke obviously had a down year as well last year. I don't know if he returns it, but you mentioned that defense. I do think that's going to be key here as well. You know, Mike McCarthy brought in his guy, one of his friends, Mike Nolan, last year. That just did not work out. Gus Bradley is in there now as a defensive coordinator. You mentioned they brought in Micah Parsons. They went heavy on the defense in this draft, uh, smartly too, to kind of, as you mentioned, help improve it, kind of get it going like Washington did the opposite with their offense. If this defense can get going, and let's say they just return to like middle of the pack, they don't have to be a top 10 defense, but they can even get to like top 15, 16 area. Do you think that that's going to help the offense some and possibly Zeke and, and him kind of get back on track because they, they don't throw it that much? Do you think 
they're still going to kind of rely on Dak to pass it 600 times a season. I think they're still going to have a lot of passing um, because that's kind of the nature of what they are. I, I did pull it up. He had 222 attempts in the five games. He had 201 attempts in the four full games he played. Uh, he was only a pedestrian 14 of 21 in the, I think he only played one quarter. Of oh, that. Okay. I uh, thought it was giant, right before half, but that makes sense. Yeah, I might have been right before half. Um, but had only put up 21. But you're talking about in his first four games last year, he threw it 39 times in the opener, which actually was pretty slim because he threw it 47 times against Atlanta for 450 yards, threw it 57 times against Seattle for 472 yards, and threw it 58 times against Cleveland for 502 yards. That's too much. I just added it up. So he was actually on a pace of 50 pass attempts a game. So it would have put him at yeah. 800 had he played all 16 games. So that yeah. was clearly not going to happen. Well, maybe it would have happened. I don't know. Maybe his arm would have fallen off. But that's I mean, how bad no their way. defense was. Yeah. So if the so, defense gets better, you figure, I still think he throws around 500 times. That's 500. The because they dump off to Zeke to uh, yeah. the short passing game. And I just think that's, that's kind of the nature of, of their offense. Um, he also does it with his legs. You know, he had in just that amount of time, he already had three rushing touchdowns. He had accounted for 12 touchdowns in four and a half games, which is a pretty incredible pace. Um, but having, having a better defense probably will mean that some of those offensive outputs, because you have to remember they were one in three in his four full games, even with that incredible offensive production because they couldn't hold any kind of leads that Browns game was incredible to watch from a fantasy perspective or if you like scoring in offense but if if you're watching that was not exactly a great defensive battle and it had to have been a little frustrating for both teams kind of coming back together it'll also be interesting to see how much of that production is what we might have considered garbage time yeah that Browns game was um yeah. Because they were was, pretty far down when he started that epic comeback. Yeah, it looked over at halftime, and then all of a sudden, Dag put on his cape and uh, brought them back, and all the shit-talking I was doing uh, was really starting to get me uh, but, a little bit nervous in that game. So to, to go back to his attempts, as a rookie, um, he threw 459 times, 490 in his second year, 526 his third year, 596 uh, in 2019. So I would say at least five, five fifty seems to be what he's tracking toward. So assuming five fifty to probably close to 600, possibly, even if the defense is improved, it's like I said, I don't think it's going to make that major jump of being one of the worst to one of the best. I think at best should jump in middle of the pack. So if he's going five fifty six hundred, what are you expecting from this offense? Dennis had put that he believes they're going to get two top twenty wide receivers, and one will be a top forty wide receiver, top six running back, and tight end. I think he said tight ends neither in the top. 15. Oh, my bad. Yeah, both tight ends outside of the top fifteen. I'm sorry. And that. I agree on that. I think the big the question with tight ends, which we'll get to, is kind of going to be the split. But I don't think they have a top 15 tight end, but I think they have three receivers that finish top 30. I, they were tracking toward that. And when I looked at Gallup's numbers last year, not that far off. Yeah. Man, I don't It's so hard to say. But they had, two, they had two guys that. up there with Dak being gone. I know, I know, but a lot of that was done. Like Amari Cooper was like the wide receiver one when Dak was there because that made me look bad too. And I think the reason he stayed there is because Dalton was targeting him so heavily. But I think we saw a little bit of a drop off, even though those guys were like CD Lamb had some bad games with Dalton, and then he had some really good games. So I just, oh, three so top in two thousand receivers in two thousand nineteen um, when Dak threw it all those times. Zeke still carried it. So Zach threw it 596 times. Zeke still had 301 rush attempts so and still had 1,357 yards. He was fine. He still caught 54 balls. They had uh, 119 targets to Cooper, 113 to Gallup, 
83 to Randall Cobb. I think we both think that Cobb and, or that Gallup and CeeDee Lamb are better than the combination of Gallup and Cobb. And Jason Witten caught 63 passes on 83 targets with Jarwin catching 31 on 41. So I think there is a reasonable potential to have all three receivers well over 100 targets and have a few of them in the 70 and 80 reception range. Yeah, so I do think Zeke bounces back some. I've really kind of come around on that, and it sucks because I traded him off in a couple places, and I I semi-regret doing that, especially if you go and look at how good he was when Dak was on the field last year. Like, he was – he had the most red zone – he had the most red zone touches over the year last year, and almost 90% of those came in those first five games with Dak, and then he kind of tailed off, as we all know. Uh, But he was phenomenal with Dak in there, and I think he's going to return to somewhat of that. So I think Zeke's going to be good. That being said, I just don't think all three get there. I definitely think two get at least top 20, if not 30. I think that third guy's probably going to be 35 to 40-ish range uh, because I do think one of the tight ends takes a step forward. You know, uh, they paid Blake Jarwin all that money, and we've seen Dak has not been afraid to throw it to a tight end. I mean, some of that came last year with with Dalton's. But the tight ends were still good when Dak was in there, and I, I don't expect them to just make those guys non-existent. So if that if if a tight end like Jarwin is still part of the the offense and getting touchdowns, getting some receptions, it's going to take away from somebody. My assumption would be Gallup, but it could be CD Lamb because I know he was kind of in and out yeah. of the slot last year. So I, I think that at least two get up there. Probably I, I don't want to say I disagree with Dennis. I would say at least top twenty-four. I don't know if they go both top twenty. Very possible. I would say at worst, they're both. There's at least two in the top twenty-four. Yeah, I mean, last year you have wide receiver fifteen, wide receiver twenty-two, wide receiver thirty-eight. It wouldn't take much to. To me, I could see them ending up very much like what we saw from Carolina's trio or yeah, Pittsburgh's trio. I mean, Pittsburgh's trio all ended up top twenty-five. I mean, you you didn't necessarily think it throughout the season because of the way it flowed. And Ebron, I'm pretty sure Ebron was top 15 as well. They didn't, of course, have a running back. But yeah. Well, I see. That's where I think things differ for them is they're still going to feed Zeke a lot. And I think the difference with Pittsburgh side, and I don't know about Carolina's. I'd have to go look because I can't think off the top of my head, but Carolina's what boosted Claypool up there was a touchdown. So, I mean, Claypool had like a ridiculous amount of touchdowns last year. So I would say if you're counting on all three wide receivers for Dallas to get there, they're not going to be able to do it on just catching yards. Someone's is going to, someone's going to have to shoot up in touchdowns. I think that's, what's going to buoy all three of them up there. Cause I don't think, you know, even if you said all three of them get a hundred targets over the year, they're not going to catch all 100 of them. Uh, you know, Amari Cooper, I'm still going to contest his brick hands. Gallup struggles at times with catches. I think CeeDee Lamb's hands are phenomenal, but I, I don't know if all three of them get 100. So if you say two of them do and one gets like 80, does that still translate in yards and touchdowns to get you to a top 30 wide receiver? Because that's the thing. We, we, you're bringing in rookies. you got rookies who played last year that I think are going to take step forwards this year going into a more normal NFL season. Like, it's going to be a completely different year, in my opinion. You always see at least one, I think, rookie wide receiver breakout. So can any of these sophomore guys take a step forward? You know, do any of those guys suffer injury? There's so many different factors. And I just, I think I'd feel safe for saying one's going to fall. Like I, said, I think they'll all finish top 40, but I wouldn't be surprised if the third one finishes kind of what Gallup did last year in like the 35 to 40 range. But I don't think they all finish top 30. Uh, so we were just talking about Zeke, and uh, he did still, even with the, I don't want to say bad year. I mean, dude almost had a 1,000 rushing yards. So, uh, you know, yeah. a l- lesser year than what we expect out of him. Uh, on 244 carries, 979 yards, six touchdowns, 52 receptions for 338 yards and two touchdowns. Finished his RB11 in a down season. Dennis was very high on selling him last year. Kept saying, hey, this is your year. Sell Zeke, sell Zeke, sell Zeke. And he looked right based on what happened or how the season played out. Now he's kind of reversing course a little bit. in the fact yeah. that if you're looking for an RB two, his thing is go out and buy him because you might be able to get him for cheap. Now 
I don't think I sold him on the cheap in mine. I got multiple first round picks for him in both of the trades that I sent away for him. So I think that that's at least fair value, if not a little bit better than maybe what you'd expect to get from him. But if you can get a, as Dennis put it here, just like a mid or late first, I would make that deal in a heartbeat because I do think Zeke is going to bounce back. I mean, he's, Again, finishes a top 12 running back last year, and I think he's got a chance to repeat that. Do you think he can be a top 12 back again in 2021? Yeah, I think he will be. Um, but, you know, the situation has changed. Last offseason, he was coming off a year where he had over 1,300 yards, 54 receptions, but he looked like he was a touch slower, and it was maybe you sell high while you can now he's coming off an abysmal year where there was talk during the season about whether he was going to get replaced by Tony Pollard. I think that the more that it, the more that I've thought about it and looked into it, the the offensive line, uh, the entire offense took a step back, and I think they had more problems than just losing Dak Prescott. There was something that wasn't right there. I'm more bullish on their prospects this year, and now, but now there are probably a lot of people that are thinking he's declined. I've seen a lot of tweets that have called out. He has declined in yards per game each of the last four seasons, but he declined really sharply last year. And a lot of people were saying, you know, get out while you can get whatever you can from him. I think that's maybe a little bit of an overreaction. So it kind of switched from where his perceived value versus what you think his actual value was, was probably higher, which is why people like you made moves, got a couple of first back, were willing to flip a team. But now I, Dennis put in his comment, if you're in a contending spot, you might be able to swing and swing a first and get him to plug him into an RB tool and have, and, and put you over the top in the championship. That is a perfect uh, scenario. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'll just use my team as an example. And I did, and it's funny that you say this because I think what what is Zeke right now? He's only like 25, 26. Well, as we've seen with Todd Gurley, that's he should be taken out. And well, down. that's a little bit different. Gurley suffered those pretty bad knee injuries. I don't think Zeke's. Ever I'll look really, up Zeke. I think he's twenty seven. Twenty seven. Well, that makes me feel not really much better. So the only reason I did both the trades that I did um, for Zeke was because I was getting the one one back in this year's draft. I was wrong. He's twenty five. Yeah, see, that does make me feel a little bit worse because I always forget how young he is. Now, granted, he has a ton of work on his legs, if that matters to you. Uh, because of what he did in at Ohio State and then coming into the NFL. I mean, he was carrying the ball 200-plus times at Ohio State as well uh, before coming in. Even I remember the year he won the national championship for the Buckeyes in 2015, he was doing that with a broken wrist. And he had the cast on and was still carrying the ball 200 times. Dude's a beast. Uh, but, yeah, so I did it because I could get number one overall, which was going to get me Najee Harris in both leagues, which is what I wanted. He's only two years younger than Zeke. So it's not like you're buying into like a – 21-year-old running back coming fresh into the NFL. I still think Najee is going to be good for a long time. Love him in Pittsburgh. But Dallas, in my opinion, is just as good a spot for running back with their offensive line and, and what they tend to do. So I agree with Dennis and what you were saying. If you can get him up for like a, you know, if anywhere from I would say pick 109 to 112, if they're like, hey, I'll give you Zeke for one of these picks, I would do it, especially if you're a contending team. I mean, I was a contending team in both spots, but – I think getting a guy like Najee helps me now and in the long run as well. And then I also went and got some 2023 first because I really like that running back class. So that was kind of my way of strategically weaving myself into the future a little bit. But I agree. The the pendulum has shifted completely opposite now of what we were talking about last year with Zeke. Now, we've been talking about Dak and how he finishes QB 33, even only playing in the five games last year. Passed for 1,856 yards, nine touchdowns, four interceptions, had 93 rush yards on three touchdowns. He finished his QB three uh, in 2019, and I was it projected he was going to be QB one. I mean, there I don't think there was any yeah. way anybody was going to beat him. So do you think that he can bounce back and be a top five quarterback in 2021? I mean, the, the names you're going to talk about being up there right now are obviously Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. Herbert. Herbert. I don't really think I can think of anybody else I would even put over him. Cause like Russell Wilson, you know, is going to either be good for the first half or the second half, but he's not going to be good for the whole season. Yeah. So 
Uh, I mean, for me, it's like almost an easy lock. Outside of him getting injured again, I don't see how he doesn't finish top five. Yeah, I think Dak is for sure in the top five. Another guy that has top five potentials probably, I know you don't like to hear it, Lamar Jackson, but no, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of factors. I'm in on Lamar this rushing. year. This is a bounce back year for Lamar. Yeah. So he's another one I would consider. Um, you know, if I thought I was going to get a full season of Joe Burrow, I'd be curious to see if he could get up there. I, I feel safe top 10. I don't know yeah. how I, you know, Stafford, a, a guy who's going into potentially a great system. We've seen some huge offensive output from the Rams. But now Dak, Dak to me, um, you know, I have him top five currently for Dynasty. I am, I imagine I'm going to put him top five or in a, in about a month and a half or so, we're going to start doing our 2021 redraft rankings. I've started thinking about, um, you know, or our 2021 season rankings. I've started thinking about it. I just don't see a scenario where I'm not putting him top five. Yeah. If he plays a full season, I think that's the passing offense they're trending toward. We saw it in 2019. I'm, I'm with you. I think their defense will be better, but not better enough to, they still play some, tough high scoring teams i mean opening day they're getting tampa bay even if your defense is better you're still playing mike evans chris godwin antonio brown tom brady rob gronkowski every running back in the free world you're gonna have to put up points to win these games uh and just to touch on joe burrow even though we're not talking about the Bengals, i actually did hear him give an interview on sirius xm radio where he said uh he was just with the team and they did a strength test on his knee and it's at 80 to 85 percent compared to his other knees so the fact he said that he's already through the hardest part of his rehabbing mm. process. Now it's just restrengthening the knee. So to be that far along in May already, I think the the fact that they drafted Jamar Chase and everything, I think they're they're going to be ready to throw Joe Burrow out there week one. Which you know I'm I'm hoping that he's going to be okay because I, I love Joe Cool. I think he's one of the better quarterbacks yeah. in the league. So why would well, be a lot more fun if he's there? Oh know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I hate it for the from the Browns' perspective because Joe Burrow yeah. can beat them, but uh, you know they want Brian Finley out there just to kind of make sure Joe Joe's okay. I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, we talked a lot about the wide receivers. So Amari Cooper ended up finishing his wide receiver 15, 92 receptions, 1,114 yards, five touchdowns. CD Lamb, wide receiver 22, on 73 receptions, 935 yards, five touchdowns. Michael Gallup, wide receiver 38, 59 receptions, 843 yards, and five touchdowns. We already kind of talked about this, so I'm just going to phrase this a little bit differently since we already talked about this. I do want to add what Dennis added in here, though. He kind of what you were talking about. If Teddy Bridgewater can support three top 25 wide receivers, he doesn't see why that can't. However, he does believe Michael Gallup will be a little bit more boom bust than the other two. I'm going to go a different route with this since we've already kind of talked about those three a lot. Which one do you think finishes as wide receiver one on this team or the highest scoring wide receiver on the team? Is it still Cooper for you? I am with I him as well. I think it's Lamb. Lamb, Cooper, Gallup for me. Yeah, I am the same. And it would be Gallup over Cooper, except that, in fact, I, just, I don't think Gallup's going to be there much longer. So I, I think Cooper is likely going to be that second guy. I'm with you, though. It's going to be Lamb, Cooper, Gallup for me. And then I on the feel end, like the way they're, they're sort of trending is Gallup and Lamb – they seem to have been doing similar things, and I think Lamb is better. I think he's going to be more of their big vertical guy, and it seems like they're using Cooper as more of that possession receiver. I, yeah. I think of it a little bit. It's not a great one-to-one, but a little bit of like the Diggs and Beasley um, kind of thing in terms of where they're where they're going to be, and that's where I think gives those two a little bit of a difference over Gallup. Uh, at their tight end position, so Blake Jarwin obviously got hurt early in the year, tore his ACL, but Dalton Schultz came on and ended up playing fairly well. Tight end 11, 63 receptions, 615 yards, and four touchdowns. Dennis mentioned, we talked about earlier, he thought both tight ends will finish outside the top 15. He put Jarwin's return, he thinks the tight ends will cannibalize each other with both being outside the top 15, but he does think a couple, they will probably have tight end weeks a couple times. He said, good luck guessing when. I will somewhat kick back on that. I don't think they pay Blake Jarwin the contract they pay him if they don't see him as the starter. And in my opinion, he is the better tight end over Dalton Schultz. I think if he is healthy and ready to go, which I would think he's going to be, he got hurt fairly early on last year. Jarwin will likely be out there more. I think he will be the tight end for the most part. Now, I don't know if he finishes tight end 11 
again, you know, Dennis, I think joked about it on the last episode on Monday, you know, after really the top like four or five guys tied in like six through 20, there's really no difference. So I do think that he has a shot to finish top 12, but I do think he's going to be the guy. If I had to bet on one, I would feel comfortable putting my money on Darwin over Schultz. Do you disagree with that? I think Jarwin will be the highest finisher, but Dalton Schultz, when given an opportunity last year, saw 89 targets, got 63 passes, 615 yards, four touchdowns. I don't think he fades out. I do think it's more of a of a close split. And with the receivers they have in Ezekiel Elliott, I don't know how big of a position you know tight end can be. So let's say there's 125 targets, but they split, even if it's you know like 80 targets to 50 targets, that's still, I I don't know. Depends on what they do with them. Production, I still think, I think both of them could finish in the top 20 and and still have neither in the top 15. All right. So that will do it for the Cowboys side here. Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think probably one of the more intriguing teams just because of really all the questions they have on their team right now. They finished in fourth place last year, 4-11-1. They lost Ryan Kerrigan. I'm sorry, they added Ryan Kerrigan, Joe Flacco. They lost Carson Wentz to Indy, Deshaun Jackson to the Rams, Malik Jackson to Cleveland, and they drafted Devonta Smith in the first round, Landon Dickerson in the second, and Kenneth Gainwell in the fifth. A lot of people are um, making fun of his press conference and Nick Sirianni, the head coach. Dennis even makes a quip about it, about having given, uh, giving off Adam Gase and Matt Patricia vibes here. You know, I, I do know, I, I can't remember who said it. It was a while ago on Sirius XM that he just is not that great of a public speaker. And I think that really actually comes off if you know that when you see the yeah. press conference. I'm not going to hold that against him. You know, Adam Gase, I, I don't feel comfortable comparing him to Adam Gase and Matt Patricia uh, because I don't think either one of them was a good coach to begin with. I can't say that about Nick Sirianni. I, I want to give him a shot here. So I just don't know what to expect because I'm not sure this team's good. That's my problem. And and I don't know if they're even that sold that Jalen Hurts is going to be their quarterback. So I really don't know what to expect from Nick Sirianni. If I'm going to be 100% honest with you, do you have any kind of idea of what you expect from Nick Sirianni? I thought it was a weird, a little bit of a weird hire. Um, and he has not had good press conferences or statements. Maybe he isn't a great public speaker. I think there are a lot of coaches that aren't great public speakers, but they don't say things that give you pause about whether they've ever actually seen a football game. Uh, and I think that's where he's talking about giving you off like Gase with the crazy eyes. And so we'll see. I'm with you though. I think he was saddled with a bad team. I have a, a buddy that I play in fantasy with um, that's a diehard Eagles fan. He, he said Hertz isn't the guy. Uh, you know that he thinks they they won't be great this year and they'll end up drafting somebody next year. It just we they we could be wildly wrong. He could you know, really take off, but they, they have the look and the feel of a fourth place team to me, which is a little weird because for the last four or five years, you've, you thought Eagles, you thought contenders, they've underperformed at times during the regular season, but they've always seemed to be in the mix uh, for the division last year. The wheels really fell off the bus and I feel like uh, they're still rolling down the block. One of the major questions about them really has been since the draft, uh, Zach Ertz. Do you expect him to be with the team? They could cut him, obviously, uh, post-June 1 salary cap stuff like you were just talking about with, uh, with uh, my goodness, Julio Jones. I don't, Julio I don't know why Jones, I yeah. uh, cannot think of his name. Uh, I would think if they were getting decent enough offers for him, they would have moved him by now. So I kind of think the best oh. option is that they likely could end up cutting him. They could. They don't have an overwhelming um, supply of weapons. I think part of us is it seems like Earths is ready to be done with the Eagles. You know, so how much of a factor is that going to be? Um, I was looking it up. It looks like the dead cap uh, would be just about uh, $8 million um, if they released him. 
which isn't terrible, but they're not a team that's in a great cap situation. Um, I thought earlier in the offseason, I felt 100% sure he wasn't going to be back, but now I sort of think he ends up on the team this season. If he does, well, we'll save that for the tight end discussion because obviously Goddard has a lot of upside as well. And if Ertz is still here, that's going to kind of cannibalize these two. Is there any shot that they are not the fourth best team or fourth best team? Is there not any play, any doubt in your mind that they don't finish fourth in the NFC East this year? Oh, sure. The Giants still exist. Okay. What would you cap it at for each? If, you know, would you say, 50% the Eagles finish 50 Giants? Would you lean more toward one of the other teams? I don't remember what. I, I mean, mean I, when I'd I did say mine, 70-30 Eagles, but okay. if Daniel Jones bottoms out or they have another injury-riddled season, I you know, I think when we did this thing, I had the Eagles and the Giants finishing with the same record. I'm not enthusiastic about the Giants. Yeah, I did too. I both had it finishing as one of the sixteen, so that's probably not going to happen in real life. But I, I, I am a little bit more bullish on the Giants. Now, again, some of that I think is Daniel Jones. I, I think it's kind of gotten a bad rap. I think he's going to be all right. And you know what? And in, in fairness to Jalen Hurts, maybe he has been too. I mean, everybody keeps talking about like how bad he looked in those last two games, but he didn't really get to practice with the starters all season. Just kind of got thrown out there. Then he got pulled in a game for I don't even remember who the quarterback was now at this point. Uh, but that was just bad on 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 the Eagles there as well. So I don't even think Jalen Hurts has gotten a fair shake as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants finished last. But I think if I'm looking at these rosters, for me, the Eagles, in my opinion, look like the likely fourth place team in the NFC East. So fantasy finishes, uh, Jalen Hurts last year finishes QB 35 in just four starts. He passed for 1,061 yards, six touchdowns, four interceptions, 354 rush yards with three touchdowns. We do know now that this is Jalen Hurts' team. I believe the the edict that has come down from the owner, Jeffrey Laurie, is that they want to make sure or give this a shot for at least a year to see if they can make this work. Do you expect uh, – what do you expect from Jalen Hurts? Do you think he can finish top 15? Dennis has said that he does have Hurts' dynasty QB 20. He's not sold on his consistency throwing the ball. Maybe Sirianni can bring it out of him, but where there's smoke, there is fire, and there's been a lot of smoke about them wanting one of the top QBs this year. Yeah, I think the the discussion was the only reason they traded back is because they couldn't get Zach Wilson. Um Zach Wilson must have impressed a lot of people in his yeah. uh, in his interviews. I have Hertz currently Dynasty twenty two. He's really hard. You know the potential's there. He's a second year guy. He was a second round pick. The previous coaching staff elevated him in, into the game. They have added some weapons around him. He's going to be given. I, I personally do not believe that either undrafted free agent Jamie Newman or uh, aging free agent Joe Flacco are really a challenge to him or the kind of guy that they're gonna anyone's going to be agitating to put in. So he doesn't really have any kind of competition or anything pushing him, which you might have thought if they were a little bit unsure, they would try to get maybe a more seasoned veteran. You know, this could have been a spot where maybe you get a Mitch Trubisky and if you don't like what you're seeing or – Maybe you try to get a seasoned veteran. They they haven't really done that. Maybe it was money. Um, maybe it's really that they want to give him a shot and they think he can do it. A lot is gonna gonna rest on this being kind of a, a feels like a prove it season because if they bottom out again and finish where they finish and are up high again, you could I expect them to go get a QB because no coach can really sustain tons of losing seasons without trying to get the guy or trying to build or trying to make uh, some kind of move. I don't see him finishing in the top 15 though. If he made it into the top 20, I wouldn't be shocked, but I, I think he's probably finishes between 20 and 30. So I have him as my QB 20 as well. It's right there with Dennis and obviously just a couple spots ahead of you. I actually wouldn't be surprised. I think he could even finish as a QB one. It's just going to come down to what that passing game looks like. I mean, they've revamped that wide receiver core. I really like Devonta Smith. I really like Jalen Rager. And those are guys that can go deep where I don't think Hurts always struggles throwing the deep ball. Is he inconsistent? Yes. But 
Both those guys are also very good in screen games and everything else. You can get those guys the ball. They can do a lot of damage. That helps out Hurts as well as it, as it helps them out with their stats. So I, I want to see more from Hurts. Am I sold on him being like a you know top-end dynasty quarterback? No. I mean, we've only seen four games out of him. Two were good, two were bad. But I'm also not going to say that because he had the two bad games, he can't be that. I want to give him a shot. I want him to now he gets a whole offseason, right? He gets – all these OTAs, he gets the camps, he's going to get the preseason, all this stuff with the Eagles, learn more about this offense and and get in with these players. I would not be surprised if he is much better than we're giving him credit for, but I'm one of those people where it's kind of hard to buy in on him. I'm I'm a little bit more skeptical, skepti- skeptical, right? Skeptical. About some of these guys, and then Hurts is one of them. I just, I didn't love him coming out of college and, he hasn't shown me enough to prove to me that he's improved enough to be a high-end dynasty quarterback. Can he be a starter? Yes, but I don't think he's a high-end dynasty quarterback. Miles Sanders finishes RB23 last year, 167 carries for 867 yards, six touchdowns, 28 receptions for 197 yards. Is Miles Sanders in RB2 for you? Dennis said yes. Yeah, I also think he finishes RB2. I think he'll be inside the top top 20. What do you think Boston Scott or Kenneth Gain will do anything to his value, and which would you lean on if you had to have one of them? I think I'd rather have Kenneth Gainwell, um, probably because of the more long-term pro- prospects, but I don't think either is really a factor. We got so excited about Boston Scott last year, and he had times. I think Sanders missed four games. Scott did nothing. Uh, and I, I think the moment for Boston Scott uh, was a lovely moment at the end of 2019, and that moment has passed. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, I think Kenneth Gainwell is a really good running back. I would not be surprised if he starts getting a little bit more work. I wonder if maybe they brought him in because he's a little bit of a better receiver than Miles Sanders, yeah. and so maybe he's out there a little bit more for that. I still think Sanders is a good running back. He's getting really devalued in, in drafts. Well, I still think he's going to be good. I mean, outside the injuries, which is yeah. hard to account for, I think he'll be Didn't all they right. they bring back Jordan Howard, too? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. But I, I would imagine at least one of those guys is going to get cut. I don't know if it's going to be Howard, Boston, Scott. I don't think all four of those guys make the roster. There's just – well, Howard, to me, so if you're looking at it, I'm kind of with you that Kenneth Gainwell uh, and Boston Scott seem to have a similar profile, and I don't know if I need two of those guys. Whereas Jordan Howard, love him, hate him. I think we lean toward hate him. Is a little bit different in his running style and, and would offer you something different if that was of interest. All right, the wide receivers here. So we've got Jalen Rager, who's really the only one left on the team from uh, the last couple of years with Alshon Jeffrey gone. Do they still keep Greg Ward there? Yeah, I think Greg Ward's still there, but but he doesn't matter for fans, and uh, so. who was like the dynasty wonder for a little while last year that everybody wanted to pick up, and I JJ, saw JJ Arthago. Uh, no. No, not that. Oh, okay. uh, somebody who actually performed. I'll look it up while you keep going. All right. So uh, he finished with 31 receptions, 396 yards, and one touchdown. Dennis said that he is going to play a lot of the slot. He is dynamic with the ball in his hands. He's my pick to lead the wide receivers in receptions. I don't disagree with that either. Uh, you know, the one thing I will say for Rager is while he's definitely obviously got more experience in the NFL than Devonta Smith has, they're all still kind of in the same position because Nick Sirianni is coming over. It's going to be a whole new offense, whole new everything. So all these guys are kind of starting fresh. That being said, who do you expect to be the best wide receiver finisher in 2021? You think it is Smith, Rager, and does that also shift from your belief in long-term as well? So is it Smith for both, Smith for one, Rager for one? How do you view short-term and long-term for these wide receivers? Oh, I'll answer. Dennis said, I'm sorry. Dennis said Rager leads the team in receptions, but he feels like Smith leads the team in yards. Both will get about four to five touchdowns. Yeah, and the guy I was thinking of last year was Travis Fulgham, who oh, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. had those explosive games. Yeah. I mean, I saw in one dynasty league he got traded for a first, and I thought, good lord, smart owner, uh, way to get rid of him as quickly as you yeah, can. Smart owner. Uh, I. Like them both. You, I think you and I were similar. I, I loved Rager a lot last year. He was 
wide wide receiver too. I had a high hopes last year, injuries and the general crumminess of the Eagles kind of held him back. I still think he's going to be good. That being said, I like Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith has some experience being on the same college team as Jalen Hurts. I think he ends up the better receiver this year and is the one I have slightly higher ranked in Dynasty. This is hard for me because I do like both of them as well. And I was big on Rager last year. And it's funny yeah. because I, I feel like both are in very similar situations compared to last year. Like CeeDee Lamb was my one. He was my one, but Rager was right behind him as two. It's kind of the same thing this year. Jamar Chase is my one, but Devonta Smith is right behind him at two for me as my wide receiver rankings. I'm going to lean Rager because I do agree with Dennis. I think he probably ends up in the slot more, so I think he might end up getting some of the better matchups. Now, it would not surprise me in the least bit if Devonta Smith is the better receiver because I think his skill set is a little bit better, if I'm being honest. I think his speed's a little bit better. His catch radius is much better than Jalen Rager's, and I just think his overall route running is a little bit better as well. So I don't know if he'll – I imagine that he's going to get locked up with the top quarterbacks most weeks because they're going to view him as the one, which means, in my opinion, hopefully with with me predicting Rager is going to be the best. He gets a little bit of a better matchup, so then Hurts hits him a little bit more. But I do think it's going to be close with both of these guys. I would not – where do you think these guys finish fantasy-wise? I think that one of them, and I guess if I'm picking Rager, I'll go with Rager. I think one of them is going to finish top 24, and I actually don't think the second one will finish far off from that. I will put – I'd say if I'm going Rager top 24, I think Devonta Smith could finish 27, 28, 29, like right in there. I, I don't think – I think this Eagles team, because this defense is not going to be that good, they're going to be passing the ball a lot. And I like both of these receivers to have good years. Yeah, and I think they keep both tight ends, though, which eats into it. Miles Sanders is there, which eats into it. I mean, all all season last year, I, I was pulling it up. The, the highest target leader um, – was Ward had 79 targets, just just isn't a ton. They had a couple of other guys who were in the 60 to 70 target range. Both uh, Ertz and Goddard had uh, 65-plus targets. I think that eats into it. Miles Sanders had 52, missing uh, several games. And I just – I I'm not as bullish on their – pass offense. So I think Smith finishes somewhere between 25 and 30 and Rager probably finishes in the thirties. Okay. All right. So with the tight ends, you know, right now, Zach Ertz is still on the roster. Uh, he was injured a lot last year as was really Dallas Goddard, Goddard. Goddard yeah. for yeah, injuries. Goddard finishes tight end 20 with 46 receptions, 524 yards and three touchdowns. Ertz finishes tight end 31, 36 receptions, 355 yards, and one touchdown. Assuming, well, let's start with assuming both stay in Philadelphia. Ertz stays, they're going to both be there all year. How do you view uh, the tight ends? De- uh, Dennis said Goddard, he thinks, will finish tight end nine um, with Ertz, tight end seven without Ertz. So he's projecting Goddard to be a top 10 tight end regardless whether Ertz is there or not doesn't give a prediction on Ertz. So where do you go with Goddard and Ertz, assuming both are on the team? Yeah, I think Goddard is top 10 uh, regardless uh, as well. Um, and if if Ertz goes, I I believe they, they're going to keep using other tight ends because even when one or the other of them was hurt, they rotated yeah. other guys in. And isn't that where Hakeem Butler, your boy? That is where my boy is, but they also have Tyree Jackson, who I'm also yeah. very big on uh, quarterback switching so, to tight end. So I need one of those guys. Either way, I think they're always a team that's going to rotate somebody in. Goddard, I think, is top 10. Ertz, I feel like we start to see us uh, take a little bit of a step back, whether it's health or maybe the emergence of these receivers, probably in the 15 to 20 range. Yeah, I, I will. Um... 
lean with you on that and Dennis on with it Goddard at least. I do think regardless whether Ertz is there or not, he's going to be a top 10 tight end. I don't know if I'd go as high as top five, but definitely top 10. Uh, I don't imagine he would finish outside of that. If Ertz is still there, I still think Ertz is good. I, I just, with the wide receivers and Goddard getting so much work, I, I would be surprised if Ertz finishes any higher than like tight end 15, 16. I, I think he's, he's likely going to take a little bit of a hit. If he leaves... Obviously, that changes a lot for Ertz. I don't want to predict. You know, everybody wants him to go to Indy to be with Wentz, and if he went there, I think he'd have a phenomenal yeah, year. Yeah, be but great. Until we know for sure if Ertz is moving on, it's kind of hard to project what he'll do. So I think he's taking a little bit of a step back. But you might also be able going on the Zeke thing. You might also be able to buy Ertz for a lot cheaper too. You might be able to get him for like a second, maybe even a third round pick right now, and and take a shot on him possibly getting traded to a team like the Colts. Then, and you just accrued more value than you gave up. So that will do it though for us today. That was the Cowboys and the Eagles. Uh, you know, Cowboys. Obviously, we are expecting a lot more out of than the Eagles next year. So. We uh we will be back on Monday. We might be AFC going East. a little bit earlier than yeah. usual. We haven't discussed that yet, but since all three of us have off, uh, we'll likely be doing a little bit of an earlier show. Uh, Matt just said we'll be doing AFC East Bills Dolphins, correct? Bills Dolphins, yep. So and Matt, uh, Dennis will be with us as well. So we will be back then. Uh, until then, everybody have a good weekend. Enjoy, hopefully, your three-day Memorial Day weekend. And we will talk to you guys again on Monday. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only tackle in the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can.